the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Salem and Andy Salem, my daughter's been in the business a long time, kind of runs the show right now because uh, Renee and I are kind of doing other things because we think that that might be something that we want to do. But you're really in good hands at our shop with Andy and her brother, Alan. By the way, who's who on your organization? (laughs) (laughs) As far as Jack the Ripper and Snow White? Yes. Um, I would probably say most of the people would say I'm Jack the Ripper. (laughs) Okay. So Alan is Snow White. He's the schmoozer. He's the nice guy. He pats him on the back, gives him hugs. Mm -hmm. And you kind of tell him what they may not want to know. Yeah. Or just comment on stuff like that. And like I said, it's it's important as well. When we talk about car repair, Thompson's Auto Repair is the only place in Mesa that I can recommend you. There are plenty of shops in Mesa. I'm sure they're good ones, but... Thompson's is head and shoulders above the rest. And we have a certain line. they got to be at the line. And the line's not at 50%. The line's more at 80 85%. So we need really good customer service. We need good reviews. We need insurance. We need master technicians. We need ASE certified guys. Thompson's Auto Repair. It's on Main Street just east of Stapley. And when I tell you he's worth it, he's worth it. Real quick, mm-hmm. go through that um I heard about a front counter issue with uh, a gentleman who had brought his car in and thought that his problem was a battery. So what happened on that? So he brought it in and he had probably a list of five to six symptoms um, that he just, there they weren't, it, it wasn't with like one thing. It was, you know, ABS light is on, um, I have this noise when starting it. I have, you know, all sorts of different things. I have a buzzer going off. And um, so we told him, okay, you know, this is what your diagnostic is going to be at the counter. We'll look it over. He was insistent that it was a battery issue. So we get into it and he's got probably 10 ABS codes. He's got on the check engine light side, he's probably got five. Um, He's got bald tires. He's got, uh, I mean, there were so many different issues. It had like 275,000 miles on it. Um, so he, you know, when we said it's, it's not a battery issue, it's a lot more than that. There's a lot of different things going on. Um, he was upset and wanted, basically refused to pay the diagnostic and didn't understand what he was paying for. Um, and so. What'd you do? (laughs) I uh, gave him his keys and told him have a nice day. Good. Good. Cause it's just, you know, I think that. Everybody has different, every shop does it differently, whether they roll their checkout into the labor time or if they do charge for checkout or some say they don't. Either way, at our shop, we charge for checkout. It's the time it takes the technician to diagnose the issue. Um, They don't, you know, 
nobody works for free and they um, are great at what they do. A lot of technicians are. So that's what you're paying for is that information to know. And at the same time, when they, you know, they're basically guaranteeing that, hey, what they're selling you is correct. So this is going to fix your problem. If it doesn't, then, Mm -hmm. you know. So what was the quote off the front counter at the first time? Uh, 79 to 149. And then what was the end result? What was the the ticket say before you erased the amount and gave oh, those keys back? Yeah, um, I th- it was probably like 130 or something Some, like that. Pretty close to yeah. the top, but you yeah. ran there. Yeah. That does happen. Now, I'm, I'm proud of you because when we hear that at the front counter and the expectations are completely out of the circle that we work mm-hmm. in, it's just time to pat them on the butt and send them on their yeah. way. It's just there's not enough time in the day to handle that with respect to the, all the rest of the people that deal with us in a fair way, in us, I mean our industry. Yeah. So, uh, Charlie, you're up. How can I help you, Charlie? Well, good morning, and thank you for your program. You're welcome, sir. Uh, I have a 95 F-250 with a 7.3 turbo in it. Okay. And I'm thinking about replacing the uh, entire harness, battery, connectors, starter, and all that kind of stuff. Is there some place I can get it other than a Ford dealership? No, but I want to tell you something. I've been in business since 1979. We can do magic. And, and But let me ask okay. you a question. Why do you want to replace that? Okay, on the passenger side battery, that big, huge connector lead and uh, large diameter cable the cable is starting to fray there and then showing a little bit of acid on it and i'm thinking well i don't want it to fray to the point to where something bad happens okay there i think there's a lot of steps between uh where you're at and replacing that whole harness yeah we we when i say we our industry is really capable of clipping an inch off that hose, putting a new end on it, whether we have a lead end that we fill with solder and we stick the ho- or the uh, cable in there, or whatever we happen to use. Making those connections at the battery on your Ford 7.3 on a 1 to 10 scales of 3. For a master guy, a guy that's seasoned. So what part of town do you live in? In Mesa. Okay, I'd try Thompson's if mm-hmm. I were you. He's he's been around the block a couple of times. He's a pretty smart guy, and uh, and I would do if I were you. I would say I wouldn't be there Monday morning or Friday afternoon. But you stop in and you ask for um, uh, Brian and Thelma. Yeah. Um, ask for Brian and just say um, I'd like you to come outside and look what I've got and tell me how you would fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to tell you something. I got 120, 130,000 miles on my 2012 Dodge, and mm-hmm. I noticed a little bit of corrosion the other day. My intention is just to take that cable, stick it in a, a glass of water with about three tablespoons of baking soda, walk away, and uh, come back in two or three hours, take a wire brush, rinse that off, wire brush the stuff off. I'm going to put the cable back on, and then I'm going to spray paint it. And I spray the negative cable black, and I spray the positive cable red with enamel paint so that when my wife needs to jumpstart somebody or her truck or my truck, then they hook the red cable into the red terminal <laughs> and the black okay. cable into the black terminal. So it, it's... I think, uh, yeah, I think there's a way easier fix besides the harness, personally. But, I mean, we're not seeing what you see, so I just think take it to a shop and, like you said, ask them what 
what they can do or what they would do and, um, you know, kind of go from there. And what you're talking about is a parking lot diagnosis. All of us do that. And if you say, well, how much is it? We can't tell you, but we look at it and say, oh, no, this is fixable or no, you need this harness to the alternator. So those are the kinds of things. But the guy should have gray hair and he should have been around. He should have been in the business more than 10 years. So that's really what it's what it's all about. Is that good? Yes, very good. I will do it. All right. Thank you very much, Charlie. John, you're up next. How can we help you, John? Hi, Mark. Not to beat a dead horse, but I got a discharging battery. Okay. Um, It's 06 for Renza, um, 70,000 miles. Um, The battery has been tested. Okay, wait, wait. In the car or out of the car? Both. Okay. Okay. We need to know the symptoms. We don't want okay. to know what you've done because obviously it's not done. You've yeah, it has battery hit. in the morning. Okay, so in uh, the morning when you hit the key, does it click or does it crank real slow? Um, neither. It's at three point eight volts. Okay, so next, and you charge it up? Yes. Yeah, it'll charge okay. up in forty five minutes for a quick charge and start and start up. Okay. Well, 45 minutes is a long way from being fully charged. That's probably 50, 60%. Um, Right. Okay. I think what you need to do, if you have a voltmeter, and evidently you do, I think you should park it and check the voltage, and it should be somewhere between 12.5 and 13. That's a fully charged battery, by the way. Then I'd pull one of the cables, whichever is the easiest, and then the next morning check your battery voltage. If the voltage isn't the same, then you got a battery that's shorted. If the voltage is the same, then that we disconnected the entire car from the from the battery. So now we know that there's a draw upstream, and chances of you finding and fixing that are about slim and none. But somebody with an inductive amp probe, somebody with a wiring diagram, somebody who can disconnect this or disconnect that, and then run it another night, and woo, I got it now. When I disconnected this con- connector, everything was fine. So we can actually do that during the day, too, because we can monitor the battery voltage while we do other parts of the car. But this isn't on a 1 to 10 scale. This is a 4. So it, it's not going to take it's not going to take much time to determine. And besides that, the testing of the battery has to be done with very sophisticated equipment. And you can't start the test if it's 11.9 or 12.1. You need to have a fully charged battery, which is close to 13, because if you test a battery that's low on voltage, they all fail. So you have to bring it back up, and it has to be capable to be brought back up to 13. Andy, bid that. What, the diag on it? Yeah, the diag on it. If it's draw-related, I would say anywhere from 45 to 145. And what she means is draw-related is is if we put an inductive amp probe on it and it's got a 17-amp draw, then that's what you... Now, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. The the money to... to, Is this one of those that that you're going to find it for X, but it's going to cost you a lot? Or is this going to be you find it for X and fix it for a dollar? Yeah, it's it's going to be, you're going to probably pay more on the diag than you are on the fix. And and, and most of the time, that's correct. It's a bad connection. It's this or it's that. Now, if it's got to drive through the ECM, it's going to cost a heck of a lot more money. And if it's got to on the alternator and one of the diodes is popped, then it's going to cost you more money. But it's going to be easy to find it. It's just not that hard. Yeah. So that's, that's the path I would take. 
Okay. It is. It is intermittent. Um, that makes it even tougher. Yeah. Probably three times a week. Okay. Yeah. Well, you get a battery, and every morning check the voltage and write it down. If you walked into our shop or any shop, yeah. and if you had those battery voltage readings, and you said, this was Monday morning, this was Tuesday morning, this is Wednesday morning, and then you said, here the check mark means it started. Now, we also need to know, it's very important, what does it sound like when you don't get what you want? Is there a click or no click? Mm-hmm. Have you wiggled the shifter to see if the neutral safety switch is bad? Um, does it hit and then crank for a second? It goes click and nothing more. So you have to describe what happens because that tells yeah, us this, so much. Yeah, I, this, is a hard, this is a hard failure. Like I said, the voltage is down around 3 volts and it's not bringing up anything at all. I would, yeah, I would try what he recommended as far as overnight and disconnecting the cable. But I think even if you, if it's a draw and you can't track it down, I think the, the information that you're going to gather doing that and giving to a shop is really going to help them kind of get on the right track. And your 3.5 volts can be a bad connection someplace because the battery is going to get lots of power and lots of readings from different places. So what happens if this is a ground cable in the very back that needs a new star washer? And those are the kinds of things we don't want you to lead us in the in a in a bad direction. It's that exchange of information that it saves you a tremendous amount of money if you can come on with just the, the exchange. And that's what's wrong with a lot of gentlemen is they send their wife. And of course, when we start asking her questions, she doesn't know the answer. And under the best of conditions, we say, "Can we talk to your husband?" Yeah, or whoever drives the car. Or whoever yeah. drives the car. Yeah. So anyway, good luck to you, John. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty is the phone number. The lines are wide open, and there's five, and we'll be back in a minute. Hello, I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For thirty-five years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques. So your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts. We pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be. Then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works. We want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434. Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Brought to you in partnership with... The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. President Trump blasts those calling for a voting boycott in Georgia. He took a direct shot at Linwood and Sidney Powell, the two attorneys who had been saying that. Join us for our program. Sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Sundays at 7 p.m. on KKNT 960 The Patriot. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place. 
making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yes, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right, um, do, do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay, tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. <laughs> the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. So you see, son, good manners are important. Should I go through it again? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open, don't speak with your mouth full, keep your elbows off the table. Share your things, play nice, and generally treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier. And it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2 min 2 xorg to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. All righty, 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name's Mark Salem, Andy Salem. My daughter's sitting next to me together. Well, she's got 20 years, and I've got 40 years. So between the two of us, uh, we ran around the block a couple of times. Let me tell you about a really good shop in town, Automatic Transmission Exchange, 40th Street in Washington, been around a long time. I say to people that Phil, the owner of Automatic Transmission Exchange, worked on Barney Rubble's car. That's how old and how long he's been around. So if you have an automatic transmission problem, just call him, make an appointment to just talk to him for a few minutes, and perhaps take a ride with me and let me demonstrate the problem. That is heaven for us in the car repair industry to hear that kind of stuff. So Automatic Transmission Exchange, been around since 1968, and you're not going to believe who the next caller is. It's Lauren from British Columbia. That might very well be the furthest victim victim i never mind <laughs> caller that we've ever had lauren how are you i'm excellent my friend uh we usually spend our winters down your end of town but uh, obviously this year we're stuck here in canada anyway yes. i've got something that, something i don't know baffle may baffle you i have a 2019 ford edge st 13,000 miles yesterday i started in my driveway drove it 100 feet down the street to my neighbors to unload some stuff out of the back backed it in Put it in park, set the emergency brake, which is electronic. First time the car's ever seen snow, there's about an inch and a half of snow on the ground. Got back in, put it in drive, stepped on the throttle. It was like the parking brake was still engaged. It should have come off with the computer on that particular car. It didn't. No big deal. I pushed it off. Stepped on the throttle again. It was like the car was frozen into the snow. It's all-wheel drive. It didn't want to move. Finally, after a couple of throttle throttle uh, taps on it, it moved ahead, drove it to my driveway, backed it in when I went to put it in reverse, and stepped on the throttle. It went forward still while it was in reverse. Baffled me. I thought, what the heck's happened here? Took it down the street. We live in a gated community. It wouldn't go 
out of first gear. My paddle shifter showed it was in fourth gear at 20 miles, 21 miles an hour. I was at about 3,500 RPM. Got it back down, backed it into the driveway, phoned the Ford dealer to get it towed in. 10, 15, 20 minutes later, I'm still scratching my head on this thing. I go back out, the car started up, put it in drive, drive it. Nothing, no problem, just like brand new. Okay. You ever seen anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just one of those things that just baffles everybody. You only have two choices. Well, you, you have more than that because it's probably still under warranty. Oh, um, definitely under warranty. Yeah. Now, you, they you, did They did actually replace the transmission in this car. We had Santan Ford last year right after we bought it with 3,000 miles. Complete training replacement, okay. and it's been excellent. But I don't know. <laughs> you know, who knows? Well, you got... And the other thing, the other, the other little symptom it did as well, which leads me to think it's got to be something in the computer, a, a malfunction. When I put it in park, open the door to get out, that seat should go back. It didn't. It was just like it forgot to do all kinds of things. But yet okay. there was no check engine light. There was no dash lights, no warning, no nothing. Okay. Okay. Well, first thing I'd do is, is if it happens again for you and you get it back, then I want you to pull the negative cable on the battery, touch it to your thumb and forefinger, chant whatever chant you want for about... Uh, three minutes, and then plug it back into the battery and then see what's going on. We just reset and rebooted everything. As far as the ECM is concerned, weather had more to do with this than anything else. You could have got ice and water inside the shift selector device that tells the computer what gear you're in. That could have been water and, uh, and ice in that. There's so many moving parts here, but it's just up to them to figure it out. Now, one of the things that you said to me, you, you said to me a couple times is it feels like that the parking brake was on. When you throttled it up hard, did the body move over the tires? Because if all four were locked up, you'd still feel the torque within the, yes. the cabin yes. of the car. Yes. Okay. Yes, so, it did. Yes. Okay. So the question is, is what's going on? Now, the ABS can be saying, now the ABS shouldn't even be working until you hit 15, 20 miles an hour. So I can't imagine that the ABS is all of a sudden going to lock up all four tires, but the ABS pulls the tire down, and then it watches the speed, and when it st sees the tire s slow down, then it releases. In your case, it never saw it speed up. So I'm thinking out loud right now. So I think this is weather-related, and there's a good chance they've seen this before. Mm -hmm. So that's well, what talked, you're hoping I phoned, for. I phoned the Ford Ford dealer, and they've never they looked it up. They never saw anything like this. But what uh, I did did see the day before is I drove the car 300 miles to a place called Kamloops, British Columbia, on the Coquihalla Highway, which has a little bit of snow on it, a little bit of sand, but it wasn't real bad at all. So that's the first time it's, it's been dirtied or it's been on that, and I was thinking moisture somewhere as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna um, fix the car by talking to people at the dealership because you have no idea who you're talking to. You could have a service writer who's never held a screwdriver, whose job is to regurgitate the symptoms to the technician. You could be in the parts department or the service department. Don't count on that. Don't count on it. Just like you call our shop, we're not gonna let you talk to our our master technician who does Fords because he costs a lot of money. And besides that, he's a drunk and doesn't know what he's doing half the time. <laughs> yeah, so, right. but, but just take it in. And, and you can Google that. Um, really cold weather uh, won't move. Uh, and give them, and just kind of do some of the symptoms. I wouldn't fix it there, but at least you'll know if other people have had that same problem. Yeah, two things yeah, I, I want to okay. add. Go ahead, Andy. Is if it happens again, too, you could disconnect the negative, or you could just have it towed from there, because then they may be able to experience 
the issue that you're having, which would be a positive to tracking down the problem. So I would say maybe that, you know, if, if you experience it, just have it towed in. And the other thing is along with that is like Ford has forums. Everybody has different forums or places where even if that dealership maybe has not seen this issue, there could be other ones that have and know right away what the issue is with this vehicle. And one of the interesting things you said was, is, is when he has it towed, did they send a wheel lift that leaves two of the tires on the ground, or did they send a flatbed? Yeah, I would... And when they quenched it up the flatbed, were the tires turning? Yeah. And that's a real key, because when you shut off the car or put it in neutral, and they just roll it right, they wench it right up on the on the flatbed, that tells somebody something. Well, and wouldn't you recommend, I mean, in that in this instance, wouldn't you recommend a flatbed? I mean, wouldn't you ask for a flatbed when towing it just so there's not that movement? Well, that's a touchy thing for him to do, mm-hmm. but they should know that. So yeah. if he calls a service drive and he says, I got an all-wheel drive edge yeah. and I can't move and I'm having trouble. Then, And if in Arizona, what would we do? We'd pour oil or antifreeze on the bed of the truck to make it slippery. We'd wench that edge right up on mm-hmm. the aluminum bed of the truck knowing or water or, yeah. or Wesson oil, yeah. whatever. Something, Put something yeah. on there to slide it up and then tow it on in. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something that's easy. Well, listen, Orrin, thank you very much. And Tom, I would love to take you, but I can't. I wouldn't do you. Well, no, you know what? Let me take you, but I've, I'm a minute away. But get Tom, the question. Tell, get the question. Give me that. Tom? Hello, Tom? You know what? I may have faked him out because I just changed my mind, and he wasn't, oh. he wasn't there. No, I'm here. Oh, Tom, can you give me the question real quick? Yeah, I got a question on transmission service for Lexus RX. Okay. One of the things... Hold on. We we lost you. We just heard a transmission service question on a Lexus. What year is it? 2012 RX 350. Okay. And you and one of the questions I'm going to ask you is, in about 15, 16 seconds from now, is what does the owner's manual say with respect to a transmission service? It's going to have normal, and it might have excessive or something. Severe. Severe. Thank you for so, that word. And so those so are the nor- questions. Normal, it says... It has WS Fluid. I got to go. I'll be back with you in about three minutes. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasseric paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Oh, oh, and what would you like for Christmas, little uh, uh, large man? Hey, Santa, I'd like to have my mortgage paid for. Oh, oh, uh, not sure the elves can make that happen. Wishing for a Christmas mortgage miracle? 
Patriot Trading Group wants to make your wish come true. Just enter to win on the Patriots website, and you can enjoy having your mortgage paid for a year. That's right. It's the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest, where if you win, you'll have all kinds of extra money for other things, like a vacation, new clothes, new giant screen TV with whole home audio, whatever else may be on your wish list, because the winner will receive their mortgage or rent payments covered for a year. To enter, go to 960thepatriot.com and click on the banner. Enter once each day to increase your chances to win and look for bonus entry opportunities. That's 960thepatriot.com and enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest. Sponsored by Patriot Trading Group. See our website for details. It takes two of us to deliver a very important message about this radio station, 960 The Patriot. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. And this is Dennis Prager. You've heard me talk about the American Trinity, E Pluribus Unum, and God We Trust and Liberty, the three things that set the United States apart. It's a powerful idea, Dennis, and this radio station is a place where powerful ideas and principles thrive every day. We never forget that faith and freedom are part of what make our country exceptional. There are some people in high places who apologize for America. That's something this radio station will never do. When you listen to 960 The Patriot, we promise not to insult your intelligence and to speak the truth. And we'll prefer clarity over agreement. Right. This is what our radio station is all about. And as long as you're there to listen to us, we'll be here for you. Please tell your friends about it. Absolutely tell our sponsors that you appreciate their support for this radio station. Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. All about that demon, all the Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, and we're going to go back to Tom because we left off with Tom. Tom, go right ahead. Yeah, hi. So the owner's manual service record says lifetime service, world standard, transition fluid. No, no change, no. You don't have to change the fluid or anything on normal conditions. Right, right. And then under extreme conditions or towing, which I consider Arizona hot and heat, okay. there's 120,000 change of fluid. So I called the dealer, and the dealer said, yeah, we'll, we'll just drain the fluid. We don't take the pan off because if it's not leaking, we don't want to touch it. It has a screen. You don't really have to clean it unless there's an issue. So what do you recommend? I would check the fluid condition if there's... Do you know if this has a transmission dipstick? No, it doesn't. And they, they looked at it sealed. last time. They said it looked pretty clean. It looked red, I guess. Okay. 
um, I think you have a sealed transmission, and oftentimes we see that don't change the fluid at mm-hmm. all. There is a way. There's going to be different things you can take off of it to get a little leak out of it to, to look at the fluid. Then there's also a procedure where you take this out, you put your your hose here, you do this until you get clean fluid out the bottom, and then you stop, and then you put the bottom one in, and the way you wait till clean fluid comes out of the top, then you put the cap back on, and you're done. So Yeah, well, really... this has a drain plug. Okay, all right. Okay. All right, one way or another, so, it's going to be an exchange of fluid. So so, so it's got 135,000 miles. You're recommending change to just drain it and put a couple quarts back in. It's going to be more than a couple quarts, but if that's going to make you happy, then I'm, I'm with you. Just go ahead. I, I think, who does your oil changes? Just the local shop down the street, uh, okay. the mechanic shop. Well, if it, it if it has the ability to, to look at the fluid, then most of us can look at it and smell it and just say to you, hey, it looks pretty and it doesn't smell burnt at all, then you can have right, a choice. He did that. Yeah, I think then it's just kind of at your discretion if if you you want to do it and and add some fresh fluid you could as long i would if you're having issues then that's where you're you know it gets yeah. a little bit more iffy no, no it's just it would be preventative and like i said sure. it's got 135,000 miles and i thought maybe one shop they said they'd rather flush it and i'm like no i don't want to do that well, there, there's two different ways. You can just drain the case and put fluid back in it, mm-hmm. but you've got a whole bunch of fluid in the torque converter, and you may drain out on, uh, you may drain out a pint, and you got three quarts in the uh, in the torque converter. So when we disconnect uh-huh. the cooler lines up at the radiator where the tranny cooler is, then what we're going to do is we're going to force new in and come out. Well, the out stuff goes through a clear line, and when it comes out brown, then we just wait till it comes out looking like strawberry soda pop. Shut the valves, and we're done. So there so is okay, that possibility. You're okay with but the flush? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We we like to do the the filter first if it has one and evidently yours doesn't. But I want to put you back at ease. Arizona is not the hottest place in the world. Are you towing with this? No. Okay. Does you have any 16-year-old kids that are driving it? Could be 15 and a half. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Shame on you for letting him drive. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're talking severe in Arizona as a one-ton truck pulling a 45-foot trailer up to Flagstaff every day and in, yeah. and, and all through the summer. I mean, that's severe. If if okay. you've driven around that car 130,000 miles and if you had a warm cup of coffee on the center console and it was three-quarters full and you've never, you've never spilled it, then you're not severe in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So, okay. I'd get a number so, from so, both of them. You do what? I'd get a number from both of them. As far as a flush okay. versus a service? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, just do that. So your, your flush is basically going to flush out more of the fluid, but you're not doing right. the filter. The service, I think a lot of people are confused by the terminology, but the service is going to not exchange as many um, quarts of fluid, but is going to replace the filter. So we like to say, you know, if, if possible, because some vehicles, not all vehicles could be flushed and or serviced. So we just say rotate if possible on your vehicle. That's the terminology okay. we say to the technician. Rotate the fluid out if you can. But we don't really oh. know what kind of a transmission. If he has a CVT, there's probably no filter in it. Yeah. So that really is. Now, if you want to know if they're filtering it, call the parts department, give him your VIN number, and say, how much is the filter? He's going to come back and say, well, it's $80. Or he's going to come back and say, it doesn't show it. That answers your question. Yeah. Well, so they, anyway. they, they, said it, they said it had a screen. But the last question is, 
It says Toyota WS fluid, and the shop has a generic synthetic. Is that okay to put in, or should I go back to Toyota WS? I, I would say as long as the, their generic is compatible with that Toyota, you should be fine. And and we, we have that information. We pour Chevron, yeah. and Chevron gives us a book and tells us what this fluid is capable of doing. And so, and keep in mind, Toyota doesn't make their own fluid. They buy it from one of the four companies that makes fluid. If that's what they're recommending, I'm sure that they've done their research and know that that is an okay fluid for your car. Like we would do. Exactly. We, we would have the ability to check that out. But anyway, Tom, I got to run. But thank you. That's a that's an interesting question. Not mm-hmm. one you've had. Don, you're up next. Don. Yes. Yes, sir. Got to go quick because I'm about two okay. seconds away. <laughs> go ahead. Tom. All right. Motorhome, home, ninety four P chassis. Get it, get in it. Totally dead. Hook the cable through it off the tow truck. Uh, hook my multimeter to it, and it sparks and it gets hot. It's got an interstate battery in it. Should I just hook? Should I put my trickle charger on it? See if it comes up with a battery cable off. Oh, you say that you hooked up your digital voltmeter and you got a, sh- a spark. Yeah, shorted battery. Well, no, because the digital voltmeter won't transfer positive to negative through the digital voltmeter unless the entire circuit board in the digital voltmeter is melted. So it's right. it's a difficult thing. What's really strange about it is is that you're touching positive to positive. Now you could go negative to positive and positive to negative with a, a voltmeter, and it's not going to care. So you could go either way. But the sparks the sparks would lead me to believe that you might have a loose or a bad connection at one of those two terminals and when you touched it the spark was between the cable and the battery terminal okay, so but I, the generator the, the generator batteries are dead also okay so you got the generator battery as well the house batteries are dead right and okay. the and the regular battery Okay, engine batteries, house batteries, uh, generator battery, all that stuff, they're, they're interchangeable. You know, what I would do, Don, if I were you, is disconnect them all, clean up all the cables, and start charging them one by one. You're going to find the bad one. If you charge them all to 13, somewhere around 13, then you go out there every morning and check them, you're going to find probably one of them that's bad. The question is, Don, are you going to replace both of them, the, the two of them? you probably got one for the generator, and then you've got the other two for the house and the engine, or something like that. So the real question is, is are you going to change them in pairs, or are you going to do all three? That'll be a decision you have to make. Anyway, Harry and Sam, stay right there, because we'll be right back. She sleeps hot, even when the weather outside is frightful. Jack Frost here likes it cool. Introducing the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed. Now temperature balancing, so you can sleep better together. But will it keep me asleep? Yes. It intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you both effortlessly comfortable. Will I have more energy for holiday shopping? Does Rudolph have a red nose? Don't miss our weekend special. Save up to $700 on new Sleep Number 360 Smart Beds, plus free delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a 
football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I, I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a I sunny up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade from my special collection of old family recipes. To make sure the steaks are extra, extra, extra tender, I left them marinating out on the counter overnight, just like Nana used to. Maria may mean well, but without food safety, it never ends well. Always thaw or marinate foods in the refrigerator at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Or you could make your friends and family really sick. Maria's neighbor Paul didn't think twice about the steak he ate until he was presenting his company's financial forecast to the board. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. 44 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, and we're here every Saturday from 10 to 12 ask, answering your questions. But we got some business to take care of, and let me tell you about a great shop. Kurtz Automotive, I-17, and uh, what, what the heck is Bell. he? Bell, I know. I was just teasing Bell. to see if you were in a way. <laughs> anyway, I've known Kurt for a long time. Eric, one of his main technicians, is as smart as they come. I've always been impressed with his skill level and his communication level and actually enjoy having him come to the shop. So if you're near I-17 in Bell, whether you got gas or diesel, Kurt has ASC certified technicians. That means that they're well certified and well skilled to, to diagnose and repair your car. I-17 in Bell, Kurt's Automotive. Harry, you're up next. Well, now, I'm sure glad that uh, you have a Wrangler there, Andy, taking care of you today. Hi, I, Harry. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> are, you, are you doing your job with him? Is it hard to, hard to keep you? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> hey, I, I heard you talking about batteries. Uh, kind of funny. Yesterday, I had to have both, uh, my batteries replaced in both my vehicles, and uh, 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 my Honda, I had a little issue with it not, uh, you know, not starting a couple of times, uh, and I had to have a jump, so I went to get it uh, checked out. He said, well, the battery's fine, so he says, well, could be the charging system. So I went to Kurtz, talked to Eric, they checked it out, and the system was, was fine. So when I went back to uh, talk to the people who I uh, got the battery from, I just showed them that, and I got a battery without too much problem. Okay. I, I did run into a, a, a issue with my Ford. You'd love this, uh, Mark. I took it in because the stop-start deal it quit working. Mm-hmm. And the vehicle's about a year old. And uh, What they did was they ended up replacing the battery. And uh, evidently, these things are pretty complicated, you know, with a computer and whatever. So uh, they were saying if the battery shows a certain low voltage, it's not going to 
allow your system to work. So that they're controlling the, the entire system that way. The real problem with or, the start stop is is folks when Harry comes to a stop the engine dies and then when the light turns green he hits the throttle and the engine starts up and he drives away. Most people have to be tuned to that kind of car because when you pull up to the light, the oil pressure drops to zero, right. what it did to me. And it made me um, really worried that I'm in the middle Nervous. of a huge intersection at 7 o'clock in the morning, and now I have no oil pressure. But they didn't tell me when I was test driving this brand-new uh, GM Sierra truck that that was going to happen. So they've since fixed that, but it was pretty scary for me to do it. And, Harry, that's what you get for buying a Ford. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I want to say something about your, say something about your secret Santa deal. It's a very good, uh, uh, very good program you guys are doing, and uh, uh, I think everybody that listens should maybe you know do a little donation. It would be uh, well worth it. Thanks, well, Harry, Harry. Thank you for your contribution, and thank you for uh, for suggesting that we're actually know what we're doing. But anyway, <laughs> Harry, thank you very much. Sam, you're up next. How can you help you, Sam? Uh, hi, I've got a, a power booster on a 65 Chevy El Camino, okay. and I'm not sure if it's bad or not, but when the engine is running and I depress the uh, brake pedal, the vehicle starts idling rough, and I let my foot off the brake, then it calms back down. Bingo! Okay. That's it. And you, you see, this is what's nice. Gosh darn, we like you. Yes. Yeah. Wherever <laughs> oh, you're from, you need to come see us. God, you know, he tells us year, make, and model, and he tells I'm, us and the And he symptoms. did it in about five seconds. And not only that, it's in such a way that, okay. That's, now, here's my advice to you after we make all that noise. Yeah. Um, when they take the booster off, or when you take the master cylinder off the booster, I want you to look carefully at the back of the master cylinder, and if there's any obvious fluid leaks there, you got to do the master and the booster, and oftentimes you can buy those as a package together. So um, okay. we yeah. have to make sure that the, the booster hasn't been contaminated by brake fluid from the back of the master that where they made up, because if you put a new booster on with a bad master, you're just going to do this all over again. But I want to tell you something. Nobody does what you just did. Uh, do you, are you married? Oh, yeah. yeah okay, get your wife on the phone. Years. I want to tell her what a great guy you are. <laughs> I'll tell her for you. But thank you. Thank, you just tell her Mark Salem said that I made his day, his week, and his month because we just hit it out of the park. Even Andy's eyes were giant, <laughs> and we're looking at one another, guys. We got this. And so, anyway, thank you. Thank you, Sam. All right. Well, thank you very much. Oh, you're Take welcome. care. Hector, how are you today? What can we do for you? Yes, how you doing? Good, good. Thank you. Okay, um, I had to change the uh, DVT. I'm sorry, I have an 07 Honda Pilot, and I changed just things as DVT uh, solenoid because it had a code uh, P2647, okay. and I changed that, but I'm still having the code. It's uh, three different codes, 61 and 83 and 112-1, um, which I'm trying to figure out why. Okay, you won't. Yeah, yeah you're okay. not gonna, you're, I think I think you're going to be um, best suited ha having a shop look at this kind of stuff. To be real honest with you, because you'll probably be throwing parts at it. You don't know if the codes are related. If one, you know, one code is triggering the other codes, and by eliminating, you know, that part or code, 
the other ones will go away. There's there's going to be a lot to it, a it, lot of testing and diagnostic. And the code number is just a suggestion to what the part it thinks it is. I tell people all the time, we have oxygen sensor codes. My God, we might have 30 in a day. Mm-hmm. And probably 25 of those are not going to be an oxygen sensor replacement. So the oxygen oh. sensor just talks to the computer, and the computer goes, why have you said lean for the last 200 miles, you idiot? And the oxygen sensor, well, it's just running lean. And so it says, okay, well, pops a code, says the oxygen sensor. What the real word is, is the oxygen sensor is giving me some information that I don't understand, or he's not varying like I want him to. So you need to go look at him, Mark Salem. You need to plug your $17,000 scanner in. You need to pull up the chart of that O2 sensor. You need to get in the car and rev the motor a couple times and we should see that that up and down get together and but we should be able to see the up is about five and the down is about one and it has to bounce and trigger there so chances of you figuring this out are zero and none yeah and the but the thing you could do which is not i mean i don't love the idea is get a diagnostic from a shop not auto parts store and then if the part is easy or you can ask them hey how much labor is involved to do this repair is it something i could do myself if you wanted to do that that's you could always do that you run the you run you do run a risk of kind of opening a can of worms by doing that but you know you could always ask i want to take the other side of that issue so he puts in a valve. Mm-hmm. Let's call it an ABC valve. Sure. He puts in an ABC because we've said it's the ABC mm-hmm. valve. He puts it in and the code comes back. Yeah. Now, the sh- we, the shop, has the, has the, we have to go in and verify our diagnosis. We've got to find the actual problem. And the, it could be that his part was installed wrong. His sure. part could be defective. Sure. We were right or we were wrong. Yeah. That places a burden on both of us, both the customer and the shop. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I mean by it could open a can of worms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I mean, there are places, you know... There's places that will give you that information, but the guys that won't is they're not solid in their diagnosis. Sure. And so that's why we say to people, get everything in writing. Just close your ears when you go in and say, talk to me in writing. This is what we did. This is what we found. And I'll give you a couple examples. The idle air control motor ch- controls idle. And what we do is is we, instead of screwing a screw to get the idle right, we on a fuel-injected car, we add or subtract air. So when it's idling, the computer looks and it says, oh, it's at 800. So it it actually closes the idle air control motor a little bit. And as we shut off the air, the idle drops down. And all of a sudden, 600, boom, we're done. This happens 20 times in the blink of an eye. So the computer's watching what's going on. So the computer says, I got an idle air control problem. Or I've got an idle problem, or I've got an O2 problem. Well, you end up looking at it, and the idle air control motor is stuck wide open, so we're giving too much air to the engine. We have a high idle, but the oxygen sensor screaming because it sees all this downstream air and doesn't seem the right amount of fuel. So we've got all these sensors talking, but only one of them's right. The O2 sensor down below is saying, I'm getting too much air upstream. So then at that point, you go upstream and you start pinching off PCV valve lines and different vacuum lines. Nothing's there. Then you go in and look at the idle air control motor, and, and let's pretend the numbers are 1 through 5. 1 is idle, 5 is wide open throttle, and you look and it's stuck at 3.75. So you tap it with a hammer. Oh, all of a sudden, the idle gets under control, and you go, idle air control motor's carboned up or bad. 
Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Now, I just said that in a minute and 10 seconds. Yeah, in, in real time, it's a lot <laughs> yeah. longer and more yeah. difficult than that. And I'm creating a hypothesis. Sure. And so it that's what really goes on. So this this isn't going to be a tough thing. It's just going to be something. We have to go in and eliminate all the parameters. And as we do that, we're going to hone in on the actual problem. I can't tell you how many times we have had a car come in, Andy, and you open up the hood and it's got all kinds of new parts under it. Mm-hmm. And we find a vacuum leak on, that's bad. Or we find a fuel delivery problem. Or the fuel pressure regulator is leaking fuel, so we have an abundance of fuel. And everything is squawking. Everything is saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. And everybody's saying to the, the computer, wait a minute, you're way out of whack. You are overfueling this engine in a major way. Meanwhile, the oxygen sensor goes, shut off the fuel, shut off the fuel. And then the com- catalytic converter is going, how come you're drowning me in fuel? fuel? Everything is squawking. you got to go to the beginning. The root cause. The root cause. Yeah. And that's why we get the big bucks. And that's it costs a lot of money to do this because you've got somebody that's got to walk through this, plus the equipment necessary to look at the serial stream data of the car. We get to plug right into the car, and we get to see the inputs, and we get to see the outputs. They're all in numbers. So nobody knows if a 1 is the appropriate number or a 5 is the appropriate number, but the guy working on your car better know the difference. So... Uh, you know what? What would that be? That still, we're talking seventy-five to one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I would say diagnostic-wise. Yes. And now let me ask you a question: How many cars leave at seventy-five or less than a hundred? Um, I would say usually ours are probably around an hour, so you're going to be at more, probably the higher end. Okay. Yeah. And so, what happens at the one seventy-five, and you still haven't found it? Uh, that typically doesn't happen, to okay. be real honest with you. All right. So yeah. it's going to be somewhere underneath the 175. We're, or 150, you said, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and then the issue is, is we're, a lot of shops are like us and we're like them. Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of other shops that go 200 on the top end. And yeah. they want to become a hero because they're going to come in underneath the, the amount sure. that develops trust with the customer. Yeah. And I don't blame them. Then you got the other guys that say, oh, we should be able to find this in $90. And yeah. then, of course, they're going to call up and say, well, it's going to be 200 Yeah. There is simple things, you know, um, some thermostat codes, you know, fuel cap related issues. Those are the easiest of the check engine light type of things. So those are going to be on your lower end. But a lot of the other stuff is usually at least an hour diag. And the catalytic converter and the O2 sensors yeah. front and back. The temperature sensors front and back. Sure. The temperature sensors report to the computer what the exhaust temperature is. Well, you can get your gun and go underneath there and gun the front and the back of the catalytic converter. And if you've got a problem, you'll see it right there. Yeah. You don't really need to look at the O2 sensors. But if the O2 sensors are screaming lean, 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 and then you go in there and find an exorbitant amount of heat, you go, okay, lean, and all that heat is one and one equals two. So now I'm going to start looking underneath the hood. I've looked underneath the car. Now I'm looking underneath the hood. Are you coming back again? Yeah. Okay, good, <laughs> good. I like having you. Yeah, I like I having you because you have such tremendous front counter <laughs> skills. And, uh, and I'm real proud. By the way, I'm talking to Annie, my, my daughter. She actually runs the operation. She's the full-time babysitter for the men at Salem Boys. I don't say the name of my shop very often, but that just kind of tells you that if you want a woman to be in charge of your auto repair shop, then we might be the, company. <laughs> we might be the shop for you because Andy, my daughter, runs the operation. Mark at MarkSalem.com.